You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Welcome to Reckless Speculation Thursday here on Mackie and Judd. We're going to have our friend Doogie from the Scoop Podcast and 5 Eyewitness News. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. And I'll tell you, for Reckless Speculation Thursday, at some point on the show, we will lay out whether the Wolves can get their hands on a disgruntled superstar that is basically begging to be traded. And speaking of begging to be traded, Deshaun Watson is officially begging to be traded. So this will be a busy Reckless Speculation Thursday presented in part by Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. As a business owner, how helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. Think about the things that involve risk at your company, like company vehicles or company tools and ladders, etc. Do you have plans and policies in place for these things? That's where Federated and MyShield come in to help you as a business owner. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find out more information. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Is there any chance that Wancho and or Carl is available to return Friday? Um, that's not something that I'm aware of at the moment. Um, you know, but the health and we follow the health and safety protocols, you know, from the league. <laughs> okay, then. All right. I, I'm a little bit curious. Like, I feel like there hasn't been much of a cat update here the last couple weeks. Um, maybe we can talk about that with Doogie here as part of Reckless Speculation Thursday. Welcome in to the show. It's Mackie and Judd. We have plenty of things, juicy things to get into on today's Reckless Speculation show. And uh, our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News and from the Scoop Podcast, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. Doogie brings inside information about your favorite local sports teams. Doogie, how are you doing, and do we have any idea how Carl Anthony Towns is doing at all? They got smoked again last night by the Warriors. They did. I'm doing okay, as far as Cat goes. <laughs> and thank you for that introduction that I bring you inside information. Unfortunately, on Cat... His camp has gone completely silent. I went back and forth with somebody with the Wolves last night. I can tell you that I fully expect Jarrett Culver to miss more than last night's game with that ankle injury, so I don't foresee him playing tomorrow against Philadelphia Target Center. I do not have a specific Carl Anthony Towns update. I can tell you he's been active on social media. His girlfriend, Jordan Woods, has posted some new Instagram yes, really cool stories. Yeah. Yeah, He's De- been yeah, liking De- those. Yeah, De- so. De- Dex has been liking those, Big too. Big fan of those. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I'm sure Declan's liking yeah. those, yeah. Big In group. fact, yeah, I mean, heck, I think a lot of us like yeah, those. I think a lot of us like them. Absolutely. So, you know, like he's not on his deathbed, thankfully, right? I mean, everything he's he's gone through with, with his mom and, and his family members. But, no, I don't know if he is going to play tomorrow. I do know... That per NBA protocol, he has to demonstrate like two consecutive days of of workouts where where somebody is is clearing him then to ramp things up. Clearly, he has to produce multiple negative tests. So I don't think it's like going to be a real long time, but I can't tell you yes or no that he'll be in the lineup tomorrow. All right, Dukes, uh, what is going on here? And I'll just start Wolves-wise with this part two. So Cat's out. We know Cat's out. A week ago Saturday, after um, he had played 21 ineffective minutes in a loss to the Hawks, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell is announced that he will not play against the Pelicans that night for rest. And I texted you, and I think we all said, what the hell, okay? So then very conveniently by Sunday, the Wolves are like, oh, whoa, 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 he's got a, I believe, quad contusion or something. Which is legit, by the way. Okay, it that's what I was going to ask you. in the Atlanta game. So why didn't, we just, why didn't we just admit to that on Saturday? Because it feels like they set 
D'Lo up to fail by saying rest. Feels like they ducked the Warriors. That's what it feels. I mean, yeah, that's and, what it feels like. And then, and then, my question off of that is: Is this at all because D'Lo without Cat? does not help them at all. Like, it's a very bizarre, he just goes from being this guy who's supposed to be the number two to Cat to the offense actually looks less exciting and worse with him. I am pretty convinced that something is bothering him, that he did ding up the quad late first quarter last Friday against Atlanta. But we're not exactly talking Cal Ripken Jr. here. (laughs) I mean, he practiced a couple days ago, then couldn't play last night. I will add this, though. You ready for this? I am convinced Ryan Saunders thoroughly enjoys coaching this roster a lot more when D'Angelo Russell is out. He can call more plays. The ball is more free-flowing. It's a more enjoyable product overall to watch. So I think there's something to be said about that. But do I think that Russell is dealing with something? I do. Interesting. Um, well, since we're on wolves, any other any other wolves ineptitude nuggets for us here? Uh, by the way, just on a positive note, Ant Edwards for stretches last night. That was probably his best game so far as a rookie. And you knew that he knew the game was on ESPN. That he was going up against James Wiseman and Steph Curry, and and he was bombing three pointers in the first half. He was getting to the rim. Uh, it wasn't a perfect performance, but it sh- last night showed you, okay, that's what they saw when they picked him number one overall, Dukes. It was nice to see him make three-pointers because I still worry long-term about his shot. I think these two things can be true, that Anthony Edwards has a bright future. Even though I'm on record, I'll continue to say it, that I worry about him reaching his full potential in this environment. Like, I can't imagine a worse environment for any player, any young player, not just Edwards, McDaniels, others, to grow in than here in Minnesota at the current moment. It can change, but right now, this is not a great environment for any young player. But we can see the potential. I think his future is really, really bright. I also think James Wiseman. Now, it helps to have the supporting cast that Wiseman does. But what you saw last night from James Wiseman was off the charts. You know, he blocks that layman shot in the second half. I'm sure at that point a lot of Wolves fans had tuned out. But blocks a shot, then beats all the Wolves down the floor, or at least three or four Wolves down the floor sprinting, and he dunks from like two feet inside the free throw line. Maybe not exactly two feet, but like he's got such long reach. Like there is so much to like about James Wiseman. I said it pre-draft. I'll keep saying it that I think in three to four to five years – We'll look back at the 2020 draft and say the Wolves missed out on James Wiseman. Shocking. Hey, Sh- well, it, shocking. I, I want to throw the Wiggins thing in here before we move on, too, because uh, you know, he was efficient again last night. He's found a nice little niche as a role player with the Warriors, and you know he's he's shooting 47% from the field this season, which is his highest career shooting percentage. They've found a couple places where he can hit three-pointers from more consistently. So, you know, I... Part of it, Judd and I had this big conversation earlier in the week, but part of it is his expectation here was to carry the franchise, and he fell woefully short of that. And the expectations in the Bay Area are much different, and he's living up to the lower bar that's being set for him. But he was also pretty vocal, Doogie, about the difference in structure and culture. And it was just, it was a peek behind the curtain as to why blue chip talent comes in here year after year after year into this organization. And either fails or doesn't live up to their potential, goes somewhere else. Zach Levine has eight thirty-point games this season. Um, his comments earlier this week were very, were very eye-opening and interesting. What did you make of them? They were interesting. He made those comments after the game on Monday. I will say that he has made those comments in the past. That it was earlier this season. I just think you know, here in the Twin Cities, we we wrapped our arms around those comments because it came after a game against the Wolves. But this isn't the first time he's on the record. Talking about, you know, the the popular buzzword in sports right now, culture, right? That the culture there with the Warriors is off the charts, that it has a lot of warts here in Minnesota. But yeah, I think, I don't think he meant it this way, but it's hard to hear those comments and not perceive it that it's a shot at Ryan and Gerson for that matter. Just everything they have in place here in Minnesota, how broken it is. I mean, the Wolves can talk all they want about, you know, going to the Bahamas, right? And you know, holding hands, singing Kumbaya. 
Trust me, we don't hear the bad stuff. There's plenty of bad stuff well, happening behind the scenes at Mayo Clinic Square. But, Duke, the thing that seemed purposeful about his comments were the fact that he clearly, in the question that he answered on Monday, went out of his way to sort of praise Tibbs. That, that was the one thing that I thought was a direct shot because there is no way on God's green earth that that guy sits down on his couch post game and thinks to himself, you know who I really enjoyed? Tibbs. There's no way. So I thought the fact that he brought up Tibbs was, was his way of hammering home a point of, I really don't like you guys more. And I couldn't tell if that was Gerson, Ryan, Flip, or a combination. I'm with you. That was interesting. He never really butted heads with Tibbs. I mean, that's just not in Wiggins' DNA. Like, at times, I wish he had a little bit more bleep you in him, right? But that's just not him. But him and Tibbs were fine. But, like, even now, like, you see Austin Rivers of the Knicks saying that the Knicks are worn down. So, like, right now, Tom Thibodeau (laughs) is the NBA coach of the year, but 14 (laughs) games in... There are guys on that team Shocking. that are completely worn down. The, so the, the answer, started, yes, it's I know great. the answer. The real answer is somewhere <laughs> in the middle. But yeah. clearly, Ryan at some point, I'll continue to say this too. Ryan at some point has to coach these guys way harder. He is the ultimate players' coach to really have success. You cannot be the ultimate players' coach. Yeah. So, all right, well, I'm still emotionally attached for absolutely inexplicable reasons. We'll see how the rest of this thing plays out. Doogie, uh, the Minnesota Twins, and by the way, Judd and I have been all over this, that everyone just needs to be patient. Tuesday the plan is very obvious. Yep. Listen, everyone's freaking out. Uh, actually, we were freaking out a little bit, too. And then they sign one of the greatest defensive shortstops, and this is not hyperbole, in the history of baseball in Andrelton Simmons. And we threw out some of the numbers, like Fangraphs has been tracking Defensive plus minus, defensive run saved since 2002. And so he is a plus 191, zero is average, a plus 191 since he came into the league. The second place guy is actually Adam Everett, another former twin, who's like a plus 115. And so there's not even there's not even a close second defensively at shortstop. So your thoughts on, on that move, what it means for other players, and do you think other moves are coming still for the twins? Yes, more moves are coming on Simmons. It was interesting a couple days ago how fast things moved. The Twins were willing to go as high as 13 or 14 million on Marcus Semyon. That they wanted Semyon. They wanted Semyon, my understanding is more than Simmons. Toronto blows everybody out of the water. Semyon ends up with the Blue Jays. They then circle back on Simmons. They had a bunch of conversations. I had noted that going back weeks. So it's not like they picked up the phone call for uh, the phone for the first time and called the Simmons camp a couple of days ago and said, "Hey, one year, ten and a half million. Are you in?" I mean, they 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 had an idea, but but they were they were hoping for an answer right away, and they got it. So I mean, that all happened in a few hours. Uh, Rocco Baldelli spoke to to Dunkers this morning virtually, but Rocco spoke this morning. Uh, he thinks Jorge Polanco has gold glove potential at second base. He wow. was gushing this morning about Polanco's defensive ability at second base. So Jorge's going to end up playing a bunch at second. Simmons at shortstop. Donaldson will be their opening day third baseman. Arise will be mixed in, but I think they will end up mixing and matching. The question is, do they end up bringing back Nelly Cruz? And if they do... Okay, you know, is Arise in the lineup only two days a week, late game pinch hitter? Like, what would Louis Arise's role be if Nelly Cruz is the DH, Donaldson at third? But but Donaldson is going to need some breaks. Like, he's not playing <laughs> yeah, 150 exactly. games at third base, right? So right. there's going to be opportunities to mix and match. I'll tell you this on Cruz. So Rocco this morning said that he's convinced that Cruz is not going to sign for a while, that, that don't expect news on Nelson Cruz anytime real soon. I think that favors the Twins because I can tell you, talks have been dead for weeks between the Twins and Nelson Cruz. But if if Rocco's led to believe that it's still going to be weeks, presumably talks are going to pick up. Rocco also said this morning that he is convinced that the National League will not have the DH. Now I'll tell you this much, there are some really forward-thinking front offices in the National League that are still in contact with the Cruz camp. The L.A. Dodgers are one. So what do the Dodgers know that the rest of us don't know? Because the Dodgers 
don't have interest in Cruz to, to even play one game in the outfield, right? So why are the Dodgers maintaining contact? Maybe it's just them doing their due diligence. But I'm telling you, Rocco told Dunkers this morning that, that he's led to believe that, that the DH is not coming to the National League. So if it's only in the AL, you know, what, what are his realistic options? I'm told what Bob Nightingale, and I like Bob. I don't know if Bob still has a residence here in the Twin Cities, but Bob has his footprint here in the Twin Cities going back a long time. I, I like Bob personally, but he put on social media the other day that, that the White Sox haven't even had an internal conversation about Nelson, let alone an external one. Yes, they have. I'm, I'm positive on that. Now, do I do I think Nelson Cruz is ending up with the with the White Sox? I don't. It's been a tough week for Bob. He also patronized Latroy Hawkins uh, in the USA Today this week. Actually, I wasn't overly bothered by that, but that that's another talk. Yeah, <laughs> Listen, Latroy, I just feel Bob's terrible. Bob's got some yes. interesting uh, opinions. Because but, of Hal McCr- <laughs> But on this one, I'm telling you for a fact. I have this sourced out. The, the White Sox have had a conversation at least one. Dude, but again, if that I, don't happens, think, I don't think he's going there. I don't. If that happens, like I, I, first of all, I think you need to validate the Simmons signing by bringing back Cruz. Because if that happens, I think you're off to the races. But mm-hmm. if you lose Cruz and you lose him to the White Sox, that would be terrible. Hey, dude. I don't think he's going to the White Sox. In fact, if I had to bet, it's what I said on, on, on uh, a Twins podcast a few weeks ago, that, that if I were a betting man, and I said this three weeks ago, so I'll say it again now, that, that if I were a betting man, I think Cruz is back with the Twins. Did Rocco answer or uh, pontificate on the most important question out there? When is baseball going to start? Because right now, right now, they are deadlocked on issues for the season. Like right now, it ain't starting. You can't you can't even pick a date until they, they don't know their playoff format. So internally, does anybody have a damn clue about when we're actually going to hit opening day? I thought you were going to say that the most important question Rocco has to answer is, are you truly the most handsome manager in baseball? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm personally a Derek Shelton guy. So. Yeah, Derek Shelton's got that rugged. He's got the he's got the touch of gray, just a little bit more experience. He's, he's got you know? the me look. I was a Brad Osmus guy back guy. in the day. <laughs> Brad Osmus. Oh, yeah. Brad Osmus. And he very might manage attractive again human. at some point, but yeah, just, very he's, attractive a, he's a human. good looking man. He is a good looking man. Yes. Kingsbury. I'm more of a Clint Hurdle guy myself. I don't know about you guys. Old school Clint Hurdle. I love school. So, anyway, yeah, so anyway, I mean, I talked to Thad. Starting? I talked to Thad for, for darn near 45 minutes on, on Friday. They're operating as if they are going to have workouts here in about three and a half weeks in Fort Myers. <laughs> then until otherwise, so everything they are planning, if you talk to Mike Herman, their, their traveling secretary, others with the Twins, they will tell you that their planning is if that they're going to be on the field here in a few weeks. But what exactly that will look like? Will they be limited numbers-wise? Like... I talked to Royce Lewis a couple weeks ago. Royce was an invite to big league camp last year, but if they're limiting numbers, do you invite Royce Lewis to big league camp this year? I mean, there's just, there's so many questions, but I can tell you internally, they are operating as if they'll be in Fort Myers here in less than a month. Yeah. Well, you have to ask Thad and follow up if he means numbers wise, quantitatively or qualitatively, yeah. dudes. <laughs> Hold on a second, Thad. I've got to Google that word before I ask my next question so I know what the hell you just said. Hey, hey Dukes, what, what is uh, projected, in your opinion, to be the next move? So if there's two more moves, is it pitching? Well, it might What's be more than move? two. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, if they bring in a starter. Now, it might be a starter on on a minor league deal. Like, maybe you can pronounce the name, Phil. Former All-Star with the Atlanta Braves. I just call him Foldy. F-O-L-T-Y, Foldy. Oh, Mike. Uh, oh, fa- oh Ma- uh, uh, Fulton, Fulton, Fultonovich, Fulton, Fulton. Oh, Fulton. He's got a really good slider. There's, <laughs> pitch anymore. Yeah. There's been dialogue. Now, the Twins haven't extended him an offer, but could the Twins bring in somebody of that ilk? <laughs> you know, the, the Marlins just designated for assignment a pitcher that's that's got a good slider. You know, could the Twins pick up somebody like that? You know, bring that guy in to compete for, for the fifth starter spot? I can see that. Can I see them signing a reliever to a major league deal? They are maintaining dialogue with Joaquin Soria, but whether it's Soria, Colomay, uh, they've registered some interest in, in Jake McGee, a lefty. I mean, they have Rodgers and Thielbar, but they've registered interest in, in McGee. And, I mean, there's other guys out there. Shane Green is still out there. There's a bunch of relievers still out there. So can I see them signing a reliever to a one-year deal? I don't see them giving anybody a two-year deal. A multi-year deal, but can I see them bringing in somebody like that one year on their terms? I mean, I don't think they're paying them five or six million, whoever him is. Uh, they were willing to go to five-ish on Kirby Yates. I mean, they were right in on Kirby Yates until the end, but 
I don't think there's anybody on the board right now that they would pay that much to. But if they can get Joaquin Soria one year, three and a half million, four million, I think they would do yeah. that. So, so that's a move. Then I still think I can I can see Nelly Cruz back, and if it's not Nelly, some other bat, you know, an Adam Duvall, you know, somebody like that. I checked on Ryan Braun. It sounds like Ryan hopes to end up on on the West Coast. He's from out there. Hopes to land with with a team out west. But but there's enough bats out there. So I think it actually could be Judd three moves. Now maybe it's only two in terms of the forty man roster immediately. They're at what thirty seven. So maybe it's two to get to thirty nine. Then you bring in a a starter and a minor league deal that maybe you eventually add to the 40 man if if that pitcher performs well in March but but yeah I still think there's there's I think Judd I think there's there's three moves still to come yeah uh, on the Vikings doogie so it sounds like Keenan McCardell is coming in to be the new wide receivers coach and for for people that are wondering okay I remember him with the Jaguars what's the other connection so he was a huge part of Stefan Diggs development uh in college at Maryland so what what does your thoughts on Keenan McCardell, and then I've seen no external buzz on offensive coordinators, really, other than just like speculation. So is it just is Clint Kubiak just going to be the offensive coordinator? What, what do you think? What are you hearing? So I think the way the dominoes now fall is Andrew Janoko, who played quarterback in college, shifts from receivers to quarterback coach. Clint Kubiak sheds the the title of quarterbacks coach, becomes the offensive coordinator. So yeah, McCardell comes in to replace Janoco, but I don't think Janoco is is going anywhere. I remember when when the the miracle game happened, I ended up tracking down Randy Etzel, Stefan Diggs's college coach at Maryland. And Keenan came up and and I remember Randy just, you know, he was he was gushing about Keenan and and the relationship Keenan and Stefan had, you know, there there at at, at Maryland. So, yeah, right? And and like you look at Chenault down in Jacksonville, you know, Shark, I mean, they have some young receivers that, I mean, who knows how to quantify, you know, the exact impact that, that McCardell had on, on those guys. But, yeah, I think on, on the surface, Keenan McCardell is, is the Vikings wide receivers coach. I think that's that's a good hire. So I think it's it's Kubiak for, for offensive coordinator. With the Vikings also looking to bring in, maybe it's even his dad, somebody, somebody to kind of just dad help back. him. Are we yeah, bringing Daddy someone back? Someone just to make sure that he's yeah, going to hand the ball that, off enough. Okay, hey, hey, let's Clint, not you're going to run squirrely here. It's second and eighteen. You're running here, right, Clint? Let's make sure we're handing the ball yeah, off. Don't, 40 don't dismiss that possibility that they bring in somebody in some form. <laughs> oh. You know, a Dom Capers type, right? Dom's now out, but Let, let's call but it the, the, that the, sort the of second, idea. The second oh. and short coordinator. Just oh. make sure that you're handing. Oh off my on God, second Hugh Jackson! Hugh Jackson's coming here. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> That's an interesting name, but. But yeah, I think it's it's somebody. But I think Clint gets the title of of offensive coordinator. And then I think uh, Fickens, the the assistant special teams coach. I, I think he has a realistic chance to to become the the special teams coordinator. Yeah. That's very very un- exciting stuff, Dukes. I hate to say it, and it's well, not I mean, your the fault. The thing now is, Judd, that that this all these teams have a million coaches. Yeah, like there's literally a coach for almost every darn player. Right, so you've got opportunities just to just to promote from from within. Does Mike does Mike know that if Keenan gets the job coaching receivers, does he know that Keenan is going to object to the fascination with running the football? <laughs> like he is going to say, "You do realize you've got Justin Jefferson here, Mike," and Mike's going to be like, "I don't care, I got Delvin." And McCardle's going to say, "I played a long time in this league, and I'm going to tell you right now, you should throw the ball more." Like I can tell you, he's going to say that, and he's right. Yes, so, but and he should. He should say it's that. It's still a dictatorship in so many ways, Judd. Yeah, I mean, I know. But. Keenan can share that with Mike all he wants. Mike is going to do it his way, and I'm fine with that because guess what? If it doesn't work next season, there's going to be big time changes. So you know, let Mike figure this out on his own, and if it doesn't work, you know, at least he can go down swinging, right? He, he goes down, you know, doing things his way. You know, but like, think about how big 2021 is for yeah. Zim, for Spielman, for that entire franchise. Cousins, yeah. You know, the, the the two things that have altered the future negatively more than anything for the Vikings going forward here are the decision to smooth out Kirk Cousins' contract and and add two more years and 60 million guaranteed. Because look at now, they they could be if no, they could they could have chosen to bring Cousins back for a fourth year, but he would be a free agent, and you would have all that cap flexibility. 
and you would have a chance maybe to absorb, I don't know, somebody else's $30 million who just demanded a trade this week. And then the other thing is when they started. Well, which one? I mean, Stafford or Watson, right? I mean. I have to think hard about that, Dukes. <laughs> he wasn't talking about Matthew Stafford. Now, there are some Vikings fans. I would rather have Stafford, but there are some Vikings fans that would tell you they'd rather than, have Cousins. Than Cousins, well, right? Not than Watson. You're saying Stafford over Cousins. Yeah, I'm saying I would rather have Stafford than Cousins. I'd rather have oh, Watson. Right. Sure. If, oh, okay. if you're giving me a choice of all three, yeah, give me Watson. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would yeah. rank them Sorry. Watson, Stafford, Cousins. Okay. What I'm saying is... Flexibility is nice. There are some Vikings observers that would tell you that they would choose Cousins over Stafford. Okay. I would but, hope it's a universal agreement that, that everybody would take Deshaun Watson. But here's the other thing that screwed you, and I get that like they saw a week schedule and they saw a team coming together and Justin Jefferson, and, and like from a team standpoint... They're going to try and win games, and that's what they did. And they came up short. They finished, what, 7-9? and nine? But when they were 1-5, and five, and a lot of us were sitting here saying, listen, like you don't have to turn into the Cleveland Browns, but maybe one, one season where you go 3-13 and 13 and just like things aren't going your way and Daniil Hunter's out, maybe you can trade a couple of veterans and lean into the losing one season. And the fact that they have the 14th pick instead of like the 4th or 5th pick is likely going to rule them out entirely along with Kirk Cousins' contract, and moving him is going to be tough. Those two things rule them out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, basically. Well, and pretty much rules them out of of the Wilson, right? The BYU quarterback, or the Fields, the Ohio State quarterback sweepstakes. I mean, it's it's one mock, but I saw Mel Kuyper released his first mock earlier this week. I'm sure you guys... You know, went over it, and and I think he's got those two guys. What? Well, maybe one's going three, but I think I saw Fields going what seven, seven or eight. Yeah, to the Lions. Yeah, I to the Lions so. or yeah. or to Carolina. Yeah. So it, yeah, it would have been nice to at least you know enter that conversation. You know, like have it be a real realistic possibility. But yeah, I mean, at this point, I think sitting there at fourteen, it probably makes sense for Rick to move backwards, right? Like if you had to bet right now, I don't think they pick at fourteen. There's probably going to be. You know whether it's Sertain, the quarter, the cornerback from Alabama, or you name the receiver that that somebody will jump up for that the Vikings can move back, get a defensive lineman, and second round and, pick and, back. And yeah, get their second round yeah, pick you're back. Probably right. Yeah, yeah. I mean probably, probably right. a later second, but at least get their second round pick back. Dude, you, in in the notes that you sent us uh, for the prep for this, you sent what I feel to be a concerning note, which is um, an update on Alex Stalock, the wild goaltender who has not played yet this year, and we have not seen him. What's going on with him and how concerned are we about his potential career you know what he is now skating he is back on the ice good not practicing with the team so so that's a big hurdle i reported on on channel five last week so i'll share it now that that he's undergone some heart tests that that we've heard this with with those who have who have tested positive for for covid that you know whether it's myocarditis or or you name the heart ailment that that there's been some heart issues so I know he's on, undergone a, a number of tests, but but it's very positive news Good that, that the doctors have given him the clearance to get back on the ice. Now, he is way behind conditioning-wise. For a while, he wasn't doing anything. But yeah, at this point, Judd, it's it's moving in the right direction that, that he will play again at some point. Maybe it's not this season, or if it's this season, it's way at the at the latter part, but but that he will play again, that that his career is not over. All right, dudes, give us some rapid-fire scoops here before we say goodbye. So I had the the ratings guy in our building track me down the, the Wolves and the Wild TV ratings. So cable only, not streaming, cable only through January 21st. So it doesn't include the last couple days. Bottom line, the Wild are almost tripling the Wolves. And so this is, you know, direct TV. This is Comcast. This is, who else, Mediacom. It's everybody but Dish Network. If you have Dish Network, you don't currently have Fox Sports North. But enough people do, even though there's a lot of people that that stream that that don't have Fox Sports North. But enough people have access to Fox Sports North. It's pretty damning looking at some of these Wolves numbers. You know, and this is somebody that's, that's a diehard NBA fan. That, that wishes more people cared about the Wolves so I can do even more in terms of, of covering the Wolves. It still seems like people are are chasing information about the Wolves. People are clicking on stories. So, you know, the hardcores are super hardcore, but they have lost a lot of casual fans. Like opening night against Detroit, they did almost a two rating. 
So one ratings point here in the Twin Cities equals approximately 17,300 households. They did almost a three rating. It was a really good rating for, for that Detroit game. Some games since, like the Portland game, was like a .7. And I get it, later at night, but they've had some other games below a one. I mean, that's... You're telling me people aren't interested in watching pathetic. Josh Okoge and Jake Lehman play 35 minutes a night? I, yeah. yeah. That's and, more like 20 minutes. And, but, like, you think about some yeah, of these home games, right? Like, normally they'd have yep. maybe not exactly one ratings point in the building, but, you know, because I doubt they'd have 17,300, but... They'd have, whatever, 11, 10, 9,000 people in the building, like a half a ratings point. Yeah. So those people aren't in the building. So you would think that, that a lot of those folks are now watching. It's just not there. Yeah, last night was the first time that I uh, got to avoid the, the black market stream, basically, and got to watch on ESPN. And, and speaking of Jake Lehman, I don't mean to pick on him, but like the Wolves are trying to put out a professional basketball team here. And when they've got... The five-man unit and Jake Lehman, it literally looks like they just went to Lifetime Fitness down the street and said, uh, all right, that guy, that guy over there who's wearing shorts and a jersey, uh, why don't you hair? go over here and hey. uh, be in our lineup for 20 minutes tonight? And that's where it's hard to evaluate Anthony Edwards completely, that he's out there with you know, Jaden McDaniels and Jordan McLaughlin and Jalen Noel. While James Wiseman is out there with Draymond Green I don't and feel, Steph Curry. Dukes, I, I don't feel like Ant is probably getting the necessary guidance that at the tender age of 19 he needs. I think that's part of the problem here, too. Well, that's 100%. Like, like what's the guidance? Yeah, a, a big part of the problem. Here's I'm an the interesting best player question. on the floor at times. Let me pose this question to you guys. I yep. had somebody ask me this the other day. Mm-hmm. When the Wolves, and I think it's when, not if, but when the Wolves are back in the playoffs. In Seattle. I think expansion gets Seattle its <laughs> oh, team and Vegas. I'm sorry. But when the Wolves Vancouver. return to the playoffs, maybe under the leadership of, of owner Daniel E. Strauss, when the Wolves get back to the playoffs, mm-hmm. who currently, so who in place now <laughs> is here then? Like, who do you feel confident about when the Wolves return to the playoffs? I'm talking from Gerson Rosas on down. Who do you feel confident about that, that currently is in place <laughs> that will be here when they make the postseason again? I mean, I I'm not I'm not totally out on Gerson yet. Um, I think Edwards probably. I think Edwards. My, I think it's more likely that Towns gets traded in like a year than Edwards. If they trade Edwards, it's for a current superstar. Bradley would, Beal, forty oh, yeah. what eight points last night? Unha- oh, we'll, oh, we'll be getting to that. Unhappy we'll as can be, that. miserable. Yeah. All right, Dukes, we gotta Wait, let you run. You think they're happy here? <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think. You know what? Actually. Here's my proposal. Wizards and Wolves do what what the North Stars and Barons did, merge them. Oh god. Put them together and just have them play here. Old school. A couple of rapid fire ones. I talked to Rashad Bateman the other day. He's training down at Exos in in Scottsdale. He's actually been bonding a lot with Odell Beckham Jr. who's rehabbing his injury down there, but but he told me so COVID really got to him like he was playing at 190 months later after recovering from COVID, you know, when he played those few games for the Gophers. He's now finally back up to the weight he, he should be at, 197, hmm. 198. He feels confident that, that when the time is right that he'll run a pretty good 40. It's just such a stacked wide receiver class, right? The Alabama guys, the LSU guy. Like, Bateman is a really, really good prospect, but he still, you know, may end up going second round, not first round. It's been a while since the Gophers have had a first-round pick. You know, but Bateman may not be able to get into the first round just because there are so many good wide receivers. But I think his future is really, really bright. Blaine Hardy signed a minor league deal last year with the Twins, but had to rehab an injury. So, and and with everything happening, wasn't even able to make it over to the alternate site. He signed a minor league deal this morning with the Milwaukee Brewers. The Twins did not make him an offer. So the Twins had him last year, but really didn't have him. I mean, what the heck did he do? But they did not have interest in... In bringing him back. I'm waiting word on, on Nas Reed, who's been good for the Wolves. Hurt his wrist last night. Maybe he's a guy that would be here when they, he's whenever they return to the postseason. The defense needs some work, but he's, but like he's got a lot of offensive skill. That was a great move by Rosas and company. He's their best non-Carl Anthony Towns player this season. Nas I would Reed. argue Malik Beasley. But that's if fair. you want to argue Nas, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can I can buy yeah. some of what you're selling. I would say Malik, but but I don't think Nas is, is far off. Undrafted kid. He's on a on a non guaranteed deal with multiple team options. Like it's it's about you know as as team friendly a contract for the next couple of years 
as there is in the NBA. I think he is that good. So so kudos to, to Nas. The Lynx will announce. They, they can't officially announce it until early next week, but the Lynx will announce one heck of a free agent addition, Kayla McBride, three-time WNBA All-Star. I'm told the Lynx and McBride have agreed to a three year contract. Awesome. So very nice work by Cheryl Reeve. Awesome. That's Darren Doogie Wilson from Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. Bye, Doogie. See you, boys. All right. Uh, he brought up Bradley Beal. That's coming. I have put together the plan for the, or maybe not, for the Timberwolves to land Bradley Beal. And uh, Deshaun Watson demanded a trade. So reckless speculations on fire today. <laughs> Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Trade talk. Juicy rumors. I want to win. You know, this is why I stayed. You know, I want to win. You know, this is, I figured this, this is a place I can get it done. So, because I'm never going to shift blame on my teammates. Or I'm never going to blame coach. I'm always going to blame myself or look at myself and figure out how I can win the game or help us win. So, but I would be lying if I said it was easy. All right, that was Bradley Beal, who's now score. I think... I think the Wizards are like oh for their last eight or ten when he scores forty points, something like that. Like he just he's he's amazing and they're all terrible. Choose your own adventure. Do you want to for reckless speculation Thursday? Do you want to start with my Bradley Beal trade plan or do you want to talk about the Deshaun Watson report from Adam Schefter? Let's start with Beal. Start with Beal. Let's start with Beal. Okay, let's go with Beal. So all right, reckless speculation. So Bradley Beal, there was there were videos and photos going around a couple nights ago of. Of uh, him sitting on the bench playing his old teammate, John Wall, with the Rockets. And the Rockets, it was a close game for a while, and the Rockets kind of pulled away. And Beal was sitting on the bench, like, head in his hands, just sad, (laughs) almost crying. And then yesterday, a reporter asked him, I can't remember what the exact question was, but it was like, are you you unhappy? Are you frustrated? And he said, is the sky blue? (laughs) So he's not happy. He's 27 years old. He's in his prime. He's a former top five overall pick. And he's leading the NBA with 35 points per game offensively. Not the best defensive player, but I would also argue that he's not really like engaged in playing defense for that team. And he doesn't have a ton of defensive infrastructure around him. Mm -hmm. So I think the question here, boys, is, is it possible for the Wolves to acquire Bradley Beal? And I understand how absurd that question sounds because... Anyone outside of Minnesota would look and say, "Well, I mean, Bradley Beal is going to want to go play for a team that can win. Like, why would you? Right? Why would you want to go from the Washington Wizards to the Timberwolves?" And and I understand that logic, but number one, Bradley Beal doesn't necessarily get to dictate where he gets traded to. Now he gets to dictate where he plays long term after his contract is up, and we'll get there. But the second thing I will point you to is Gerson Rosas has been very frontal, including on this show, about wanting to acquire more superstar talents. They went out and they traded for D'Angelo Russell, who I don't think is a superstar talent, but like they're aggressively looking to make moves. He'll take swings. To make Carl Anthony Towns happy. Yep. And I think you could sell the idea, whether D'Lo is, is part of the trade or whether he stays, you could sell the idea to Bradley Beal of playing next to Carl Anthony Towns and Malik Beasley has turned into a force offensively and say, listen, like we can put together a ridiculous offensive unit mm-hmm. if we bring you in. So, um, can you can you mentally engage with us here for a little while? Okay. I have three listed challenges that you would have to overcome to pull this off. All right. And you feel free to stop me as we go through this. And right. Just let me know what you're thinking on this too. But the first thing is the Timberwolves are over the salary cap by about twenty one million dollars. And if Spotrack.com is correct, they are seven hundred thousand dollars under the luxury tax mark. And if I'm Glenn Taylor and I'm and I'm paying $131.9 million, which is, like I said, $22 million over the salary cap for a team that's terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm not very happy to begin with. So I'm probably not willing to go over the luxury tax in a trade. Like, I want to keep it where we are or ideally lower the amount of money I'm paying for this team. Absolutely. Right? Yes. So that so the first thing is, it's not like you have a bunch of cap space to just absorb Bradley Beal's contract. You'd mm-hmm. have to sort of figure out. So we're, we'll go through some of this stuff. But... Mm-hmm. Um, the first big challenge to pull off, I think, is do the Wolves have enough assets to make this trade? And by assets, I mean current players, draft picks, and the biggest hurdle on that front is their first-round pick for the 2021 draft is in question. It's headed to Golden State yep. unless they stay in the top three. And then if they stay in the top three, 
that pick would be unprotected to Golden State in 2022. And the NBA has a rule that does not allow teams to trade back-to-back future first-round picks. The Ted Stepien rule from the yes. Cavaliers days. So Great you, rule. You would have to, because of the, the, the arrangement right now with Golden State and your first-round pick, you would have to acquire a second first-round pick for either this year or next year, depending on how this shakes out. To send to them. Like a late first-round pick or something. Okay. Um, so that so that you could have the the ability to trade back to back future first round picks, and I don't think Bradley Beal is going to be acquired for a second round pick. So yeah, that's it, a pretty big that's a pretty big hurdle right there that you just threw out. Yeah, um, but it is possible. Like like, could you trade? I don't know. I'm making this. I mean, there was a there was a time where the the didn't the Wolves trade a first round pick for like that that Michigan State big man. Um, Adrian Payne, or I think it was Adrian Payne. They changed the yeah, first round. Yeah, they did, and they yeah. really shouldn't have done that. Uh, so, like, okay, but but you, have, like Rubio, there was a first round pick involved in the Rubio. So you trade, don't have so. a first round pick to trade, but you do have the, the first overall pick from the 2020 draft to trade. Yep. So you've got you've got young players. You got Anthony Edwards, who would almost certainly have to be included just because of your lack of yes, absolutely, um, like draft pick flexibility here. So. Number one is, what assets do you have? We'll come back to that in a second. Number two is making the salaries match. So because the Wolves have no cap space and because they're right up against the luxury tax, they would have to send over roughly $35 million worth of contracts to Washington to absorb what Bradley Beal's contract is set to be next year. Now, D'Lo is at $30 million. Would Washington even want him? I don't know. I don't I think if they're going to take D'Lo, they would also want like first round pick or Ant Edwards uh, yeah. and oh definitely. And you can't completely gut everything else. It can't just be Beal and Cat. Like you have to have players well, around those. But guys. Ant is gone then. I don't know that that's a hundred percent the case. I think they demand him to make the trade. I think if, if you're Washington, you've got to demand that. Like, almost, almost certainly, depending on how they feel about D'Lo, they probably would rather have Anthony Edwards because he's cheaper and he's younger. Um, I think you're probably right. So like so there's sort of two types of ways to make this work salarized. Delo and other things. Like Delo and if you can figure out your first round pick situation, Delo and Culver and whatever. I would be really careful trading both Delo and Ant Edwards in this trade because like I guess you still have Malik Beasley, but I just I just feel like you got to have other players around these guys, or you're just going to be the nine seed in the Western Conference. You got to be a little bit careful. But mm-hmm. if you decided to not trade D'Lo, if you wanted to say, listen, it's got to be Cat, Beal, and D'Lo as the big three, and Malik Beasley coming in, you know, shooting threes, then to make it work salary wise, you'd probably have to trade Rubio seventeen million, Culver's six million, and Edwards ten million plus picks of some kind going forward. And then you'd be looking at a core of Cat, Beal, D'Lo, Malik Beasley, Naz Reed, uh, and whoever else, like Jared Vanderbilt, Josh Okogi, uh, Jay yeah, McDowell, et cetera, right? Supplementary guys. But the third big challenge to pull this off is Bradley Beal's state of mind. So he's 27 years old. He's probably got five or six years of prime play left. He's only under contract guaranteed through next year because his, his third year left is a player option. So it's it's twenty nine million this year. It's thirty four and a half next year, and it's thirty seven million player option when he's twenty nine, going to be thirty years old. Okay. He'll probably be looking to sign a multi year contract instead of exercising that player option. And so if he's not happy after a year and a half, this year's a throwaway year. So you'd be putting all your chips on next year, yeah. and hoping that you could re sign him to a long term extension. Yeah, you'd want some assurances that he would stay beyond the year, especially if you're going to trade Anthony uh, Edwards in this deal. So those are all the things that you would have to consider to make this thing happen. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that uh, that is too much. It's too much, and he's not. So if the Wolves were off to a decent start and they looked organized and Wiggy, of all people, wasn't ripping them, I might say to myself, you know what? I can sort of see this, right? Like this sort of works. Uh, but they're not. They're dysfunctional. Things look off the track. Um, and and here's my so here's my big question. If I'm Beal, or I'm advising him, and I think it's a very fair question, and we and none of us know the answer. Mm-hmm. What is Carl Anthony Towns? Not his contract status, but what's his state of mind? Like, is he going? I I feel like unfortunately, and yes, I'm panic and I'm doom and gloom. But I feel like unfortunately. 
we are nearing a tipping point with Cat where this might not go well. And if I'm Beal, the last thing on earth I want to do is go is jump from one train wreck that's going off the tracks to a second one. But Beal's presence would make Cat instantly happier because they would just be Agreed. an amazing offensive team. Agreed completely in theory, but I would need assurances of that. Anyway, my point being is I love the idea, and I do think that Washington is just completely going the wrong way, and I, I guess the, the Wolves are in many ways too. All that being said, the things that you just laid out to me make it very difficult, starting with the fact that you don't have that first-round pick. Yeah. Like you sort of you sort of picked, if you're Gerson, pick your own path by going in the Russell direction, and that's the path that you explored and went down. And now you don't have that pick, and, and yes, it's top three protected, but it actually becomes even more difficult to make another trade now with a first-round pick in some ways. So I love the idea. I don't know if it's realistic with this player. I'll, t- I'll tell you where I'm where I'm at mentally with this because I keep going back to boy, this year's a throwaway year. So even if you get him, like you're not you're not you're not digging out of this hole in the Western Conference. You aren't making the playoffs this year even if you were to add a player as great as Bradley Beal is offensively. So you're, you'd, be, you'd be banking on a huge jump next year and then showing enough next year to get Bradley Beal to either exercise the player option or sign a long-term contract to stay with you through his prime. He's deciding his next stop will be a decision. Where does he want to play out the rest of his prime years? That seems like a really tall mountain for the Wolves to climb to all of a sudden be that appealing of a destination when you've been the yes. laughing stock of the NBA. Yes. But I still, I, I would almost rather bank on that to make Cat happy and to just like put a jolt into this franchise than cross my fingers and hope that Anthony Edwards will buck 15 years of crappy young blue chip player development. Like what? Like why would Anthony Edwards? And I get that it's a different front office, and and Gerson is different than than you know predecessors, you know Tom Thibodeau and Flip Saunders, et cetera. But like, mm-hmm. what in the last fifteen years, starting with Rubio and Kevin Love in that era, basically ever since Kevin Garnett left, and into the Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine, Carl Anthony Towns, like Towns has panned out from an individual standpoint. But what makes you think that they're going to make Anthony Edwards into the best possible version of Anthony Edwards and and turn into this development right. machine as a franchise? Right now, absolutely nothing. Beal is a finished product. Right. And so I would oh, almost, with you. I would with, almost yeah. rather just like take the finished product, yes. roll the dice, and see what happens but, and try to build some equity that way. But your, I think your grand point is you also have to get assurances from Beal that you're going to keep him and that he's going to say, I want to... To turn the corner of my career here, but you're not going to get those stay, assurances when you stay trade. Here. When you make the trade, you will not have those. But assurances. that's the problem. Then is would they do that? And and here, take a lead. here's my feeling: we have major problems. If right now we're assuming that when Cat comes back and D'Lo comes back, if we're assuming that this marriage is not going to be great, like if we're now sort of moving on and being like, okay, what about Beal instead of D'Lo? Because the D-Lo that we have seen, Sans Cat, doesn't do a thing for us. And that comes back on Gerson. That's concerning. I can't I understand that that Russell and Towns have played five games together, which is a ridiculously low figure caused by the pandemic, caused by the fact that Cat's been uh, hurt or had COVID. I get all that, all right. But the D-Lo that we've seen without Cat, to me, is not acceptable. And if that's the case. If he is basically a guy where we're like, yeah, you took a shot, and we got major problems here with it, with Gerson. I also don't. I just don't love the lack of alpha. Like D'Lo just seems he seems like such a beta. But we're right back a, then, Phil. Like we're right back in the box of what we've been talking about since yeah, we started but, the show together. But here, here's the thing, though. Getting out from that Andrew Wiggins, and I get that they attached a first-round pick, and I get that Warriors fans think it's a fleecing because Wiggins is turning into a decent fourth guy, like role player. But, like, you couldn't go forward with that contract anymore. And that contract oh, was 100% self-inflicted. So I still think they made the right move moving off of that contract and trying to get to the next thing, which is D'Lo. It doesn't mean that the next thing is the final thing. And if the next thing can get you to the next thing, which is Bradley Beal, you're not, just to clarify, like, you are not going to get the assurance that you want from Bradley Beal upon that trade. You're, there's no way you're going to be able to say, listen, man, 
we want you here, but please, can you tell us you're going to sign a so four-year max contract? He will not do that unless there's major steps forward next year. And then even even then, he might say, I'd rather go play for the So Clippers. the hindsight to me, though, of the problem with the, with the Wiggins-Russell trade is this right now, okay? Basically, it looks like you were exchanging disgruntled, sort of not very good fits, which is absolutely fine. Those trades have been made. They will continue to be made. But if you then threw in a first-round pick, like the Warriors, in in looking at what they've done, you should have gotten them to say, you know what, let's just pull a one-for-one and throw in a second-round pick. Well, I but see, I actually don't know that it's not a fit with D'Lo and Cap. We don't know. They've played five games together. No, The, the idea is that D'Lo's a great pick-and-roll. Not great. He's a really good pick-and-roll player at yeah. his best, and Cat is a just like— the guy that you would want to play pick and roll with. No, but my point is and, and Jokic. Phil, you threw in a first round pick. That's my point. So if this was just you're not a fit in Golden State and you're not a fit with the Wolves. But we don't know if he's a fit with That's the Wolves. That's fine. No, no. I'm saying Andrew was not a fit here. So you flipped him to Golden State. Yes. Delo clearly was not a fit in Golden State. So he got flipped here. Okay, you take your chances then. Both sides might work for both teams, might not. What I'm saying is what looks bad to me potentially is then you were so desperate to get rid of your non-fit, you threw in a first-round pick. Yes, but at the time of that trade, Wiggins' stock was basement. D'Lo was coming off a career year with the Nets. Mm-hmm. So D'Lo's stock was much higher than Wiggins' stock at the time of that trade. Mm-hmm. And now, because Wiggins has been put into one of the great NBA ecosystems of all time, and D'Lo has been brought into one of the garbage NBA ecosystems of all time. Now their stock has either evened or it's possible Wiggins' stock well, why has... is this remaining a garbage... Here, here's what I don't get. Cat's not playing. But why is this... But, it, but there's more than that. It feels like it's just completely... Cat not playing is a big deal, and I get that. But it also feels like it goes... Beyond that, it also feels like it goes to it a does. point where where it again, and this is my problem, it again looks rudderless. That's my problem here. It, it, I agree. There's a lot more than just. It's not like if it was just cat. I'd be like, back, okay, fine. If cat comes back, it doesn't fix everything, and I agree with that. But cat not playing, like cat has to play to get good vibes and to get D'Lo and Cat to mesh. And, like, everything is predicated on Carl Anthony Towns playing basketball. Right. And he's not because he has COVID. Yep. So, But I, I need to see – but if he can't play and D'Lo does play, I need to see more. Like, I need more from him. I can't just accept, well, if he, do, if he does not have um, Cat, then it's just fine that, that he can't play. I can't accept that completely. And that's been my problem is that when he has played without Cat – you haven't seen a damn thing for the most part. Yeah, now, a lot of people who are – the Wolves blogosphere is great. I mean, Dane Moore is a regular guest on this show, and there's there's a few others. I know Candace Hoopas does some film breakdowns. Um, Key Sang. Like, there's there are people smarter than me when it comes to breaking down film that have done some digging on this and have said, listen, the Wolves, like – they're not running the right plays for D'Lo. Well, that that's another problem. They're not as organized and structured as, like, D'Lo thriving in Brooklyn was for a reason. He wasn't just freelancing for 40 minutes. Like, they were running stuff both on and off the ball but why is that, that played not, to his strengths. Why is that not being done then, though? Because it's possible Ryan's in over his head, which is another factor. But, I mean, I mean that's another, the that's youngest big, head that, coach in the NBA. That's a big factor. He's the youngest head coach in the NBA, and it's it's— as much as I love him and as much as I consider him, I consider him a friend, like, he is someone, like, if, if you were to say, all right, what's the likelihood that the youngest ever head coach in NBA history is going to succeed? You would say, probably not very high. P- probably needs another 10 years of, you know, taking his lumps and going through the assistant grind. And so that's a possibility, too. So, anyways. Deshaun- uh, real quick here. I'm going to play the Schefter soundbite because we have more speculation. Reckless speculation. This is Adam Schefter dropping a Shefty bomb on Get Up. I think it's from Get Up this morning. Yes, Shefty bomb. A Shefty bomb? What's a Shefty bomb? Shefty bomb. Deshaun Watson officially has requested a trade from the Houston Texans, Greeny. As it turns out, he did this days ago. So it is official now. Deshaun Watson will want out of Houston the head coaching hire of David Culley makes no difference. It does not change his feelings one bit. Deshaun Watson has requested a trade 
from the Houston Texans. This now vaults to the top of the offseason storylines. We will wait to see where Deshaun Watson goes this offseason. I just have one, one, two, three, four. I think it's four words. Rick, make the call. Okay. I am make the call. I am going to take you down a reckless speculation path. Well, well, disclaimer. Hold on. Yep. Before you, before go you, ahead, go. But no, no, no. Before you say, so, I just don't want people to start freaking out. That, no, we, that you're we right. Don't do no, this. I'm agreeing with you. So you I'm go. Just, I'm just you saying, go. You do your thing. In the Minnesota sports media scene, fans are represented by two different yet equally important groups: the homers who play with positivity and don't like to have fun, and the realists who prosecute the offenders and recklessly speculate. These are their ideas. Go ahead. I am headed to Egan right now. I have a hazmat suit on. I am stopping at TCO Performance Center and performing a cleaning that will leave almost nothing standing. Bear with me here. All right. A franchise-changing quarterback, a franchise-altering course-of-your-history quarterback is available suddenly today. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about a nice quarterback. We're not talking about a prospect. We are talking about a, I believe, generationally very great quarterback. Okay? Here's my proposal. And I'm going to start. I'm going to start big, and I'm going to go bigger. Like that's what the stakes are going to be, boys. First of all, the trade package to Houston. And no, I'm not going to patronize some cute little. Well, you start with Cousins, and then you throw in a seventh round pick. Okay, I'm going to start with what the trade package is. Daniel Hunter, two first round picks, wow. Wow. two two second round picks. Whoa. <clears throat> Where are you going to get those? <laughs> Okay, you know what? You know what? That's a good. That's a great point. Three derail the trade package. No, three first round picks, one second round pick. Whoa, dude! Reckless speculation. I'm not done. I'm not even close to being done. I now walk into Mike Zimmer's office, and by the way, my name is Ziggy Wilf. I'm the cleaner here. I walk into Mike's office. I say, Mike, we're about to do something that you won't be able to tolerate. You're fired. <laughs> you don't, I'm not even going to talk to you about it because you can't. You won't be able to handle what I'm about to do, what our organization is about to do, but it's going to be franchise changing, okay? And your assistant coaches are all fired, too. Except Keenan McCardell. <laughs> you know what? No, because he hasn't signed the contract. He's gone, too. I, like I, don't, I don't even care. All right. The trade is... Except Clinton Kubiak. He stays. He's the offensive coordinator still. <laughs> I've got... The trade is Deshaun Watson to the Vikings for Daniel Hunter, three first-round picks, oh and a second-round pick. Oh and, now, and, now, wow, and now I'm on the phone. Dude. And now, but I'm not done yet. My day's not done because I am calling the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm saying, <clears throat> yeah, can I talk to Eric Biennemi, please? Hold. Please hold, sir. Ring, ring. Eric, Ziggy Welfare. We're offering you our head coaching job. We want you to bring everything that you know. We want. We believe that you are the future to coach this franchise with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. You can hire the offensive staff. You are our guy. Wow. I am now hiring enemy. I'm allowing him to hire a progressive staff. I am acquiring Deshaun Watson. I have made a huge trade, and I have fired my head coach. Now here's the key question to both of you. Who's in and who's out? Because you can either swim with me or you can get out of the pool, and I don't care which one you do. Reckless speculation. Oh, my God. Um, All right. I'm in. I'm in. I feel a little uncomfortable giving up that much. But I'm in. I am sick of watching a revolving door of non-elite quarterbacks come through here. It's time to get the elite quarterback and figure out the rest over the next eight years. It might take you a couple of years because you're not going to be able to just fix all the other problems with your team. But I'm assuming that because you didn't really address the Kirk Cousins situation. Yeah, I'm sending him to San Francisco so for a ham a, sandwich. You'll get a pick there, right? Like what, yeah. you'll probably get a third. You might get a, you might get a second. I might or a get third. a second. I might get a second. He had a great second half. I might in get fact, a second round pick. In fact, if you can get a second round pick for Kirk, that cancels out, and so now you're down three first round picks. But at least you get. You're two-thirds this year. And, and Deshaun Watson picks. is, in, in essence, what, by himself? Two first-round picks? 
Um, like his value is what two first round picks at least. Yeah. Well, I I think in, in terms Multiple. of what he's going to get. Just, what, no, no, what, no. What Houston's no, going to get in ter- in terms of him as a quarterback, his value on his head. Oh, I would say is like two. If if you. He's like two. He is of the value of two first round picks. So, well, to then, me. so then, why are we giving up Hunter another first and? Uh, because <laughs> I want to solve my problem. I suppose because the Jets can come in and say, "Yes, well, we've got better first round because picks I, and more first round." I picks. think he is. I think on his head, you you could place two first round picks, and then the second first round pick and Hunter is peace of mind for me for having solved our okay. d- problems here. If they're. If there was a way to do this without giving up Daniil Hunter, I would I would prefer to explore that because I think ultimately to win a Super Bowl, you're going to want a quarterback, an elite quarterback in his prime, and then an elite pass rush. I think those are the ingredients to win a Super Bowl. So I would actually rather, if possible, I would actually rather start the conversation with like Eric Kendricks or somebody else, like hmm. Eric Kendricks, who's also in his prime. The Texans' defense is a sieve. And if Hunter wasn't demanding a big contract from me, d- depending on what those demands are right now, I would I would applaud that. But he might be a problem by he's himself. He's worth it, man. And like if he's healthy, he's worth it. But he's not worth it if you're also paying a non-elite quarterback mm-hmm. thirty million, yeah. like Kirk. And That's J- the hard part. And I think JJ want, also wants out of Houston. Maybe so, they can kick him back here. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> but I think even Daniel can just flat up replace JJ Watt and or make JJ Watt happy and keep both. Dex, are you doing this? That's a lot, man. I, I'm, yeah, I'm tempted yeah, to do Deshaun it, but it's Deshaun Bleep and Watson, and I think I'm Are you in. swimming in the deep end of the pool or not, Well, I'm not a good swimmer. I don't swim well. I have to take my <laughs> six-month-old nephew to swim lessons on Saturday. I'm dead serious, and I'm terrified. Like, it oh, all it is is just like me in the way. I, I, I don't know who I'm more scared of, the baby or me. I, it, it, it is going to be put a life, quite the Just experience. put a little du- ducky thing on yourself. You'll yeah, be we'll fine. See. You'll float. Anyway, I think I do it. I think I do it. Okay. I'm doing it. Screw it. Reckless speculation. Wow. Wow. I love it. Carnage. Carnage inside oh, yeah. the practice. But I do think you have to fire the coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's the key to this whole thing working. Uh, all right. That was, uh, that was amazing. That's Reckless Speculation Thursday here. Yes, correct. Mackie and Judd, where we take your trade ideas, our own trade ideas, things that are floating around. And uh, that's not the only thing we do on Thursdays. We also go back and we look at old tweets. The segment is called... Old tweets exposed. 11 years of tweeting, almost 12 for Judd Zolgad and I, and Dex goes back into the archives. Potential hiccup with old tweets exposed going forward. Um, Judd's old Twitter handle, 1500 ESPN Judd. So usually when you, uh, at least recently, when you've switched handles, you can still see the old tweets from the new handle. So when PMAC21 was tweeting, it's just filtered now to at Phil Mackey, which is his Twitter handle. Sure. 1500 ESPN Judd's account has been completely suspended by Twitter, so I can no longer see tweets from Judd until, up until he has changed his name. So I can only see what? at Jay what? Zolgad tweets. Why would that be suspended? My, my account's not suspended. I don't know. So it won't. I, 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 I've been trying to do humongous I digging. thought I just changed it. I can't, I can't find tweets basically from like the last three. Everything says like this tweet's been deleted. This tweet's account's been suspended. So it, it, Judd's been deplatformed. Judd, Judd went back and completely sabotaged old tweets exposed because he didn't want his takes to be exposed. I think, and I can only now see hot take artists are being deplatformed. Because I just I changed the entire thing, and I'm I can get into my Twitter account. Yeah, no, no, you, you can see at Jay Zolgad. Yeah, so what, the day you change it from at Jay Zolgad after the flip to Score North. Yeah, so remember, I remember you doing that. Yeah, I can't find any other tweet that's. Past that date, lucky I can't for Judd. Yeah, I, I might like, have to. Work, we'll, we'll figure. I don't know. We'll I'll have to figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, what, do you have anything for today, or do we I do. not have? No, anything? I do. Okay. Yeah, I just do. some excuse yep. not to do no, no, your no, job. Nope, 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 nope. That would be a classic B thing to do, but no. I mean, just because you got drunk last night, you didn't have to come with that story. I didn't get drunk story. last night. I was <laughs> sober as a bird. Sober as a bird. It's a judge. I don't. I don't want to say what else it's I got into. It's not a bird. It's not a bird. We can have that discussion on another podcast. Okay. All right. So this is a this is a hockey one. This was after uh, Eric Stahl was traded to uh, Buffalo for Rigel Hansen. And someone asked me, right, is this all we're going to do? And I said, well, Rask is going to be bought out. That didn't happen. Uh, Stahl's entering the last year's deal, so down the middle next season, the Wild have Stahl, Bukestad, Eck, plus another acquisition. I'd be shocked if this is the only center they acquire. <laughs> now, they did get Nick Benino, but at the same time, ugh, I was wrong on Rask being bought out. This is still not really a, a great take going forward. I miss Eric Stahl, too, by the way. Eric Stahl would be a, an upgrade on this team over Ryan Johansson. All right, so, so the main what? take here is that you would be shocked, like shocked, shocked. if this is the only center they acquire. Shocked. 
All right. So, and by the way, we uh, we we rank these at the end of the exercise yeah. to see. So this okay, is so. not real high as far as no, yeah, and it's not super incriminating. A and a miss. It's not. It's not. It's not a crazy addition. All right. And okay. Judd has Judd has one. Glad you found something. Mm-hmm. Music against me for sure. The Johansson take. Okay. Garrett has made it clear. Ryan Johansson will begin at center. Ryan Johansson has not touched a minute at center. He has been a wing. <laughs> he has been a disaster. <laughs> He has not made it clear. Yeah, he did say that. He did. You're, so, you're so right. Is this, is this fake news reporting, or did he lie to you? Oh, he lied. Well, okay. I mean, or he really thought that at the time, and it changed, which is possible. He, he might not have lied. It's possible. Declan Marcus Johansson, Declan. Declan Marcus, not Johansson. Ryan. Keep Ryan. Ryan plays. Although I used to want Ryan. For the pre- yeah, yeah, at the time. But, but not anymore. Anyway. Not good. Yeah, I mean, that's just a... Uh, he'll rope it up. Classic. All right, Phil Mack. Now... This tweet I found on Monday, and it was before, obviously, the Simmons signings. And actually, we were talking about this exact thing with Falvey and Levine like two weeks ago, and we were criticizing them. And on December 6, 2017, <laughs> Phil Mackey said, Dirk Falvey and Thad Levine are playing chess, not checkers. And we made this exact comparison the opposite way, uh, what, just two weeks ago, and we were criticizing them. So Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are <laughs> playing chess, one. What, not checkers. What was, the the, what was the move on December 6, 2017? Uh, or was this, was, this, was this like their introductory press conference This or is a misinformed tweet. See my response. Wait, what? Um, I don't know why you said that. Oh, someone was tweeting at you, Real Boudreaux. Yes, he is a troll. I know who Real Boudreaux is. And he got... Educate oh, yourself. Okay. Read so my last was... few tweets. You're just flat out misinformed. Wait, but like, but like, slam. But am I? Where are these? Where are these tweets coming from? They're just below it. These are just like the, the replies to it. I just. So I'm just. Down. I'm just replying to people, and I think so. I called someone misinformed. I'm not. I don't do that on the that's internet. Very, oh. That's very condescending <laughs> to educate yourself. By the oh. way, I mean they are playing chess. I didn't say how well they were playing chess, but they are playing chess. Was it no? Because Lynn and Loma were late in late spring training signings. Yeah, right? and it wouldn't be December. And I don't think I would have called that chess. No. <laughs> oh, at the time. All right. So how, right. who's all right, who's got the worst of it here? Who's? I think Phil's got the best slash worst. <laughs> best slash worst. Mine's right, just a report, fair. and Declan's is off, but it's not. Yeah, mine mine was pretty frontal there. I like your right opinion. for criticism. I like your opinion there. They've yeah. lost a bunch of postseason games since then. Yep. So uh, that's old tweets exposed, and uh, we do it every Thursday. But now that Twitter has shut down our archives, maybe well, that maybe that was we'll the last time out. we ever do this. Oh well, I, well, hopefully we can find old takes. We'll see. <laughs> There's plenty. <laughs> but, uh, thanks for the speculation. Tomorrow on Action Movie Rewind, I'm Mackie and Judd. Demolition Man, the Wesley Snipes classic, and Sylvester Stallone. The, right? a- the acting career of Sly Stallone will be a big topic. Amazing. All right. When he became an actor. Wesley. Thanks for indulging us on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton. Motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.